So speaking of grid fragility, here we are on part two. Hopefully the 1,500 people that were on part one will come over here and watch part two. Uh, so we'll see. Andy Barnes, 5 by 5 appreciate you. So it's not a matter of if the grid goes away, but when the grid goes away. So let's talk about some things that uh, you should have, some tools in your toolkit that you should have. Um, the first thing that a lot of people don't understand is that when it comes to dependency on the grid, um, everything, all modern technology operates on the grid. One of the most overlooked things by people is that uh, Camo, <laughs> Camo, Camo doesn't work without electricity, by and large. Now, can you have simplex communications between handheld radios that run on direct current that you charge out of your truck? Absolutely. Ask me how I know. But come out of the greater world, unless the other stations that you're talking to also have their own backup generation, whether that's batteries or solar panels or gas or diesel generators, propane generators, whatever. Camo goes down. Fuel pumps don't work. This is huge. I've seen this all the time with tornadoes and hurricanes. Fuel pumps don't work. The fuel that you have is the fuel that you have on hand. And so... You might be asking yourself, well, when the world ends, I'm just going to stay home and not go anywhere. Why do I need fuel bear? That's a fair question. <clears throat> Unless you're one of the, I don't know, millions of people that has been stranded in their vehicle for the last several days in certain parts of the country. And so if you're stranded in your vehicle, the number one thing this time of year that you need is warmth. You need a way to stay warm you're not going to be able to run your car for days on gasoline or if you have an electric vehicle whatever charge you have on the batteries if you have a semi truck you may have enough diesel fuel in your tanks to idle for days but your standard uh commuter vehicle or you know non-commercial vehicle probably not so you need a way to stay warm and so having a sleep kit or APLS blanket, the APLS is awesome, by the way. Uh, Marine Corps is now requiring it in their IFAX individual first aid kits, which is why refuges had such a hard time getting them, because the Marine Corps takes precedence over everybody else when it comes to buying purchasing power. So the APLS blanket is a uh, silicone impregnated nylon tarp on one side and a heavy duty mylar blanket on the other. And it's great for reflecting body heat. Here's the thing with mylar though. You don't want to put it directly on the skin. You want layers in between you and the mylar because mylar is not permeable. It doesn't breathe. And so your body naturally respirates. It, it off gases moisture. And if you have that moisture directly against your skin with the mylar, now you're wet. And in freezing conditions, that's even worse because you lose body heat 28 times faster wet than you do dry, which gets into you want a way to stay dry as well, back to 98.6. And so if you live in an area in your vehicle where you have lots of snow and it gets really, really cold, having some like heavy winter clothing is really good. 
And one of the things that most people miss is your extremities. Gloves, real gloves for your hands, real socks and boots for your feet, and your head. Keep your head covered. It depends on which study you read, but somewhere between 60 and 80% of your body heat is lost through the top of your head. And so having a way to keep your head covered, keep this heat in here, good to go. Um, so you want a, a way to stay warm in your vehicle without the vehicle running. Then next thing after that is water. Carry water in your vehicle. But bear, it'll freeze. Okay, I can turn ice into water again if I have enough heat. Simple as that. Um, if you have, if there's snow on the side of the road, a metal cup, get a metal cup and a tea candle inside the vehicle. Put the tea candle on the dash, hold the metal cup over the tea candle. Now I have water. All right, so you need a way to stay hydrated as well. Food, to a lesser extent, you can go days without food. I don't recommend it. You're probably going to get grumpy. And if, you know, blood sugar is a thing that you got to be worried about, then you should probably have some food with you. You might consider, um, if there's any meds that you take regularly, having just a few of them, like in a Ziploc baggie in your glove box. That if you get stranded and I have to take these meds every day or bad stuff happens, I've got a few of them in the glove box or in my winter kit or whatever. Um, another thing doesn't take up a lot of space. You put them on the back seat of your pickup truck. You can put them in the trunk of your car. Wool blankets, man. Wool blankets are just the bee's knees. Um, let's see. <laughs> uh, to a lesser extent, um, I already touched on it, but Camo, what is going on? So a way to monitor the airwaves. Good to go. Vehicle stuff. Uh, now, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. So maybe you don't need to be, I saw it yesterday, a bunch of people driving like morons, and I was monitoring the sheriff's frequency, and they were working a bunch of wrecks. I had a guy, uh, I'm assuming a guy, uh, sorry, don't mean to misgender you, but I had somebody in a Chevy Impala pass me on the road yesterday, um, and I was passing the plow trucks because... An inch and a half of snow to me is nothing. And I've got four new tires on the back of my truck. By the way, what condition are your tires in? If you're driving around in bald tires, resolve to do better. I had somebody in a Chevy Impala pass me, and I was like, it's just a matter of time before that fool gets wrapped around a telephone pole. Probably don't want to be that guy. So, mm -mm -mm. Was there a name of that marine mylar uh, blanket again? What's up, Bama Blue Eyes? Yes, it's the APLS, and I believe we have it in stock at Refuge. Double, double dot refugemedical.com. Hello, and thank you for calling the Refuge Medical. My name is Bear. How can I help you? Okay, searching now. Alpha Papa Lima Sierra. That it is. APLS emergency blanket. I found a link. Hold on, Bama Blue Eyes, and copy paste. Copy and paste, 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 paste. There it is, right there. It is a link. You can copy, paste that link. It'll take you to refugemedical.com, proudly made in America, and the Marine Corps APLS blanket for keeping the warm when you are in the snow. Ote, ote. 
Now, <laughs> outsourcing. Yes, Camo Dad. Uh, half German, half Indian accent needs work better. Sorry, Jupiter Moto Mojo. I'm American. I don't know what to tell you. So, um, things to have in your vehicle. Those things. Warmth. A way to stay warm without the vehicle running. Water. Calories. Uh, meds, if you require meds. And food is medicine. So, that's a thing to be aware of. Um, Como, to a lesser extent. Now. What happens if the grid goes out in your home? Very similar. A lot of people get their heat. It's all electric. And so if you're building a house or you're building a homestead or you're um, upgrading, retrofitting, renovating existing infrastructure, if there's a way to disassociate your heat source from the grid, strongly recommend. Strongly recommend. We are putting uh, in the house that we are building we are putting a large wood stove in uh, the living room, which is next to the kitchen, tertiary to the dining room. That large wood stove will also, uh, it's the type of wood stove that one can cook on as well. Now, you can cook on any kind of wood stove. I've done it. I've always got flares in the truck in case I need a quick fire. What's up, Patriot Plumber? Yeah, you you get explodey though, bro. So I'd be careful if I were you. I would also have your bare fat candy before you in particular go launching off any flares. I'm just saying, like you 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 have an explosive personality, brother. Brand of stove, Texas Sheep Lady. I wish I remembered. My wife picked it out and I said it looks good. Approved. Um, so it's got a firebox in it for you know burning wood. It has an oven next to the firebox for baking food. It has a surface on top of the firebox for cooking food with pots and pans. And it has a water tank off the side of the uh, firebox for um, uh, creating hot water. And now it ain't cheap. It was the, when my wife showed me the price tag and I was like, ooh. We're going to have to sell some more bear independent hoodies, uh, but tracking. Um, now, I have a wood stove in my barn that's supposed to be in this house. That's not. And our goal was going to be to get that wood stove into this house this season. But uh, in light of building the new house, we figured we'd go one more winter without it. Grandma's house is heated by uh, firewood. And it's we have in the barn the same stove that Grandma has in her house, and it's a great wood stove. So if you can disassociate your heat from the grid, um, whether that's firewood or fuel oil or propane or a wood furnace, wood furnaces intrigue me. It's just a matter of time before I have one. Are you all building at your place? Yes, we are. Yes, we are. We're building right there. Moving day is going to look like Hey, carry these saltines from this table to that table. That's it. They don't, that's the one benefit of this. I don't have to put anything in boxes. You just pick it up and carry it from here to there. Next. So, um, also to Dudley's point, mini splits. Mini splits work great. Um, they're very energy efficient. If you are providing your own primary or backup generation if you're not grid connected the efficiency of a mini split is outstanding both for heating and for cooling and this house being um 
Praise Yacht stood this long. I'll just put it that way. We have put too many splits in this house rather than a whole bunch of uh, AC window units. And they do a great job. And they pull far less energy than the window units do. And they have heat pumps in them, which is great on a day like today where it's eight degrees outside. So in your house, you want a way to stay warm. Good morning, honey. Preferably disassociated from the grid so that when the grid goes down, you don't go down with it. And then, guys, the rest of this is like really basic prepper stuff. Good clothing. Good clothing. I have covert thread socks, wool socks on my feet right now. I'm warm. I have some really like super high speed woodland camo pajama pants on right now. And they're fluffy and they're great. Um, wool, uh, undergarment, t-shirt, hoodie, hat covered. I'm warm. If I wasn't, if that wasn't warm enough, insulated bibs right here big winter coat right there and i think a lot of people that work work with their hands for a living understand this if i got to go outside and be out there for 8 10 12 16 hours i need to be warm but not everybody is a blue collar professional there's a lot of white collar people out there frankly y'all dress like idiots you dress to look nice, not for functionality. And those of us that dress for functionality, we all think you look stupid. I don't care about your wool pea coat. Is it warm or is it not warm? There's, in my mind, functionality beats fashion 24-7, 365. I don't care how nice your shoes are if your feet are freezing and you're wet. So if you are required to look nice for your job, in your trunk or in your closet have some brown <laughs> i would say carhartt brown but screw that company they went woke have some brown insulated canvas stuff that you can throw on over the top of you or snow suits or coveralls or you know waterproof boots whatever good winter gear is essential precisely andy barnes and another thing that again gloves gloves Number one tool you use to interface with your environment, your hands, your fingies. And if these things are so frozen you can't use them, uh, statistically, your likelihood of survival goes way down. So gloves, uh, blankets, and sleeping bags in your house. Because if the power goes out, you find yourself like Texas a couple winters ago where it's negative 19 and nobody has any power. You need a way to stay warm. Now, you might not know this, but your body is a furnace. You put calories in your mouth and your metabolism turns it into heat. Well, heat is uh, a byproduct of the energy that's being burnt. So how does, how does clothing work? Dead airspace. You create dead airspace around your body to hold the warm air next to your body, which in turn keeps you warm. So how do you create more dead airspace? Sleeping bags and blankets. We have a closet in this house that is filled with just that one closet is sleeping bags and blankets cuz and so like if we freeze to death in this house it's our fault we did that and so you need a way to stay warm another thing you can do if it's cold cold plastic sheeting and duct tape and cordon off part of your house 
this this zone right here, we'll say the living room is going to be the warm part of the house. The rest of it, we'll deal with the busted pipes and the frozen faucets once the once spring gets here. But this part here, coordinate off just like you would um, quarantine, say like an actual zombie plague was going around. Like, how do I quarantine this part of the house from that part of the house? You hang plastic sheeting up, right? You create a physical barrier. Because again, dead airspace management. I want to keep the warm air here in this part of the house warm and let just make that part over there the cold part of the house. Okay. Pop-up tent is good too. That's a good word, Texas sheep lady, because now you have an atmosphere inside an atmosphere. Dead airspace management. Um, and then obvious prepper stuff, yo. Food. Food. You need food to eat uh, because like if you eat food, your body will generate heat, which will help keep you warm. One of the things that most people don't think about, especially if you're currently on grid, is, and I know it, it freaks out a bunch of y'all, but it's stupid. Grow up. Where are you going to pee and where are you going to poop? Simple as that. Luggable loo. Luggable loo. The luggable loo. L-U-G-G-A-B-L-E. Luggable loo. L-O-O. It's a bucket with a toilet seat lid on top of it. And you get some type of medium, whether that be earth or uh, peat moss or wood chips or whatever, and you do your business in the bucket. When a bucket gets full, you dump the bucket away from the house, at least 100 yards away from the house. And you start what's called a humanure compost pile. And you don't touch it for a year. You can even dig a hole or have a pre-dug hole because in a lot of the area, a lot of the United States right now, the ground is so hard you couldn't dig a hole if your life depended on it. You know, pre-dug hole, luggable loo bucket goes in there, good to go. Now, a lot of y'all live in the wrong place. And so you can't, if you go a hundred yards from your house, you're three uh, neighbors over. I get that. You could at least get a couple of pallets and make a pallet bin in the very far corner of your yard. And that's the compost bin right there. Okay. Is Atwab in the house? I'm seeing people saying Shalom Knob. There he is. What's up, Atwab? Good morning, brother. So you got food. Now what happens after you eat the food and you drink the water? You're going to need to pee. You're going to need to poop. Okay. Then you can nix them of whatever your sweet corn in the bucket. LOL, man. Yeah, that was... Uh, if you were on Patreon and you watched the watched the nixtamalization video, that was a fun time. Uh, so food, where are you going to poo? And then all the basic things. Um, if it's really cold, uh, having a hand cloth and some soap to be able to wash the dirty bits of your body or to have baby wipes to wash the dirty bits of your body. Good to go. Um, shelter should be obvious, y'all. You should have some type of house, some type of structure, some type of camper trailer that keeps you warm and dry. Basics, really, really basic stuff. You could take that to its, you know, to the nth degree and end up building a new house in your front yard because the one that you have isn't that warm and isn't that dry. But in the meanwhile, it's warm enough, dry enough. Um, water, Water inside the house, not just outside the house, because all the water outside the house isn't water right now. It's ice right now. So water inside the house. I posted a thing on uh, Instagram a couple days ago of the uh, water bob, not not at 
at WAB, not across the table with Bob, the water Bob. And it's a bladder that you put in your tub, if you have a tub, and you fill it up with tub water. And it holds, uh, I think, up to 100 gallons. Depends on the size of your tub. And now you've got 100 gallons, up to 100 gallons, in the tub with a little hand pump. 100 gallons will get you through three to five days of no water. So, oh, Saws is here. Shalom, brother Saw. Retreat, retreat, plan, shalom from the hardship zone. Yeah, hey, man, I heard a news report that it's going to be negative 65 up by you. I hope you're good. I really do. Um, so, water, having some water, not just outside water, inside water that you can drink. Uh, we talked about clothing. We talked about blankets, uh, heating methodology, food, uh, local generation, and here's where a lot of people get wrapped around the axles. The grid goes down. I need my own microgrid. And I would submit the answer to that's probably yeah. But you need your own microgrid far less than you think you do. You see, preparedness is perpetuating normalcy for the people that you love. How do you define normalcy? Because if the grid goes down, even... You know, not long-term, short-term, tree falls across a power line, which happens all the time. Car smashes into a power pole, happens all the time. Or rolling blackouts because the grid has been degraded by the far-left greenies, and uh, we've been taking primary generation offline for years, which is stupid. Um, so rolling blackouts. Okay, well, Netflix ain't going to work, dude. You're not getting on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. They're just, what are you going to do? And so now all of a sudden, all of your, your rectangles are, who cares? Long enough without power, cell service doesn't work. It's another thing that people don't think about. But Bear, don't you know that every cell phone tower has a backup generator? At it? Yeah, dude, don't you know I built a bunch of them? And sometimes the generators are there, but the switching equipment isn't. Sometimes the generators are there, but they don't have any fuel in them and the fuel tanks are empty. Sometimes the generators are there, but they're not even hooked up. Sometimes the battery backups that are supposed to be installed aren't installed or they're installed wrong. Yeah. See, idealism increases with distance from the problem. If you've never been inside the cinder block building next to a cell phone tower, please, and I beg you, STFU, be quiet. Okay. How it should be and how it is are two very different things. And so cell phone towers are supposed to be able to operate for up to 72 hours autonomously without the grid. In many cases, they can operate a couple of hours without the grid. There's a thing called a cow, cell on wheels. AT&T has tens of thousands of them. And in many cases, when uh, the cell phone towers won't operate, they bring in what are called cows, cell on wheels. And they look like a light tower, uh, but they're cell phone tower with the generator instead. And so after roughly eight hours or so without power, up to 72 hours, your cell phone isn't going to work either. And also how are you going to keep that thing charged? So what do I need power for? That's a great question. Well, if I've disassociated my heating from the grid, uh, lighting, question mark. And then that's where you get into things like kerosene lanterns and flashlights. And by the way, I'm a big fan of battery banks. Like, I have a lot of battery banks. I don't want to, I got my, my go bag is right here by the door. Um, but I keep three uh, 20,000 milliamp hour 
uh, battery banks in my go bag so that I can charge stuff in the field. And that's enough to get me through a week with rectangles and devices and whatever without having to recharge those three battery banks. And so do you need secondary generation? Yeah, sure. Do you need a hundred panel solar array? Probably not in an emergency, dude. Do you need a small wind turbine for your home? Probably not in an emergency. Do you need a diesel, gasoline, or propane backup generator? If that's how you heat your home, yeah, you might. Probably. If it's not, nah, not for a few days. You probably need like a good book. You need to read the Bible. You need to snuggle under the blankets with the people that you love. So power outages, grid instability. It's winter, y'all, in case you haven't figured that out. It is kill you cold in many parts of the country. Stay warm, stay dry. Don't take unnecessary risk. Don't do stupid things. The world is stupid enough without you contributing to it. I posted that GoFundMe in the previous chat. Um, so I'm going to post that one more time. If you are uh, one of those people that would like to support and you missed the link, I'm going to copy that. Give me a moment. Low speed, high drag today, brief. <clears throat> I got kicked off my first brief, honey. So we're on, oh. we're on part two now. Gotcha. Yeah, it'd be like that. Do 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 do. All right, here we go. Posting the link now. So this is the GoFundMe for the people who lost everything in a house fire. If you would like to support them, feel free. If you don't, no hard feelings. Do your thing. Um, not that it matters, but I have already contributed to their recovery effort because uh, I shouldn't ask you guys to do anything that I am not willing to do myself. So for what it's worth, you'll have that on those YouTube jobs. I know at web. Now, this is the part of the brief where we transition into the value exchange. And so I'll be quick on the value exchange. Links are in the description down below. Patreon this morning, we talked about old people and Max because... Um, Sometimes the father blesses you with old age and uh, you're like, but I'm old. How can I be useful in a mutual assistance group? And my wife and I answer that question. How could you not be useful in a mutual assistance group? So that video is up on Patreon. Patreon's 10 bucks a month. It's a preparedness consultancy treated as such. Also, my brother saw us in the chat. He has a Patreon channel. Also, he doesn't tolerate any bullshit and he doesn't F around. So if you want like really good instruction in the classroom from my brother saw survival applications and weapons systems go check it out i am a patreon supporter of his i'm in the classroom on patreon so and my brother rex as well taborosaurus rex the real dope you should check him out on patreon and my brother pastor joe viking preparedness i uh i do a, a daily um accountability tracker with some brothers of mine power, passion, purpose, productivity. 
And so for purpose, purpose is what are you feeding your mind and your soul? And uh, if you look at that every day, every day, Pastor Joe, Rex, Saw, like every day, that's if I'm going to consume content, I want to consume content from my brothers first and foremost before I go out in the world from there. So please check out my brothers. They rock. Refuge Medical. So two things here. The first is the Red Bear Fact is back in stock. Many of y'all have been on the waiting list for Red Bear Fact. It's back. Why red? Because I can find this in the snow. I can find this on the side of the road. I can find this in the dark. I can find this when I need it. We do have all the cool guy high-speed colors, Ranger Green and Multicam and Multicam Black and Coyote Tan. Um, but red, red, this is 80% uh, of the bear facts we sell are red. Because generally speaking, I want to be able to see my first aid kit. Now, some of them, like I said, are cool guy colors because, and I don't say cool guy with any, um, I'm not being derogatory. Like I have a lot of respect for the men and women in the armed forces, but 80% of them are red. The other 20% are cool guy colors because they don't want to be seen at all, right? <laughs> you don't want to be seen while you're operating, but by and large, I want to be able to see my first aid kit so I can find it when I need it. So, therefore, red. Uh, so, these are back in stock. Next, I did a video Saturday evening after Shabbat asking you all your questions or asking you to answer some of my questions. And one of the questions I asked was, what type of kits would you like to see from Refuge Medical going forward? And like two-thirds of the suggested kits already exist at refugemedical.com. And so what that tells me is that this audience isn't intimately familiar with what we offer at refugemedical.com. So my ask of you is to go to refugemedical.com and just scroll around and look because we have all kinds of stuff. In fact, I just got the email this morning. Here's a product you might not know exists, the baby birthing bucket. Yeah, it's a bucket for preppers designed for home birth. And what's super cool is we've seen a lot of people have been buying these buckets intentionally to have home births. So Solomon Joseph, bucket baby number six, was just born using a birthing bucket from Refuge Medical. We also have a postpartum bucket. And so that's a great prep. It's also highly functional. Because I don't know if you're in a blizzard and you can't get to the hospital, but you have a wife that's pregnant, having a birthing bucket and a postpartum bucket on hand could literally be a lifesaver. So, Jace Case Collaboration Medical Kit, Dark Horizon. No, so we are an affiliate with Jace, um, but they have to do all the fulfillment because they're the ones with the medical licenses and the doctors to be able to do that. We do TACMED, they do medicine. So like medical, like uh, prescription stuff, actual medicines regulated by the FDA. <sighs> uh, so they handle all of that. And so because in order to get anything that requires a prescription, you have to be in their pipeline. You have to go over to their pipeline to do that. Uh, I have told them to make a combat pill pack, though. So we'll see if they decide to do that. Um, but at Refuge Medical, we have lots of kits. 
we don't just have the bear fact. We have lots of kits. And a lot of people have said, bear, you should make a insert thing here that has already existed for several years. And so if you could please today, just go to Refuge Medical, take a couple, a couple minutes window shopping, just get familiar with what the product line is, because we've got all kinds of stuff. I'm a big fan of the stud kit. Thanks, encouraging community. For every baby bucket, how many postpartum buckets should one purchase? <laughs> My gosh, Mark Chase, are you Dr. Seuss this morning? The alliteration on that. For every baby bucket, how many postpartum buckets should one purchase? Uh, two, one to two would be preferable. Um, wound care buckets are great, says Pilgrim. Thank you. Uh, the wound care bucket is also set up on subscribe and save right now. So if you want to get four wound care buckets for your preps, you can get one a month automatically sent to your door on subscribe and save and they're discounted on subscribe and save. So you can check that out as well. Red dog, woof, woof, everybody. Um, so anyway, there's, um, there's lots of products there. The SOB kit, small of the back kit, the belt kit. Somebody said you should make a kit that you can mount to the stock of a rifle. Mm -hmm. The belt kit does that beautifully. Um, and it's got a blowout kit. It's a little tiny. It's smaller than an AR-15 magazine. And it's got, it's a blowout kit. You know, we've got all kinds of stuff is my point. So if you could, please, refugemedical.com. Just go look at the offerings. Go look at what's there before we get all the... Um, happy suggestive emails of bear you should make up i've had that product for 24 months already homie um so yeah cool cool upstate 17 717 said homework time correct um my day is going fine says rose and her covey of quail wonderful refuge ruckus over a hundred of you awesome people are already signed up to come rock with us in march march 8th through 10th 2024 Fort Smith, Oklahoma. Uh, details are at refugeruckus.com. This is very explicitly to raise money and awareness for calebhouse.org, which is our anti-human trafficking juvenile restoration facility. Um, bunch of $50 words for the place where we put kiddos back together again after bad stuff happened to them. Um, I feel like I don't need to tell you guys this every brief, but then I just got done telling you to go look at Refuge so you know what we offer. And so maybe maybe it's flown in one ear and, and out the other. Caleb House, Caleb with a K, Caleb House is our juvenile human trafficking survivor restoration facility. It is the place where we put kids back together again. We are building Caleb House now while also operating, maintaining a series of safe sites where we already have people because the father convicted us to go rescue people before we had a place to put them. And so we put the cart before the horse on this one, but I wasn't going to say, no, don't go get those people until we have a building built. Um, and so the father has provided through y'all a way to fund these safe sites in addition to a way to fund the construction of Caleb house. And so we're fundraising for Caleb House. We're creating awareness for Caleb House because the critical need in anti-human trafficking is restoration. There's no place to put these kiddos. Um, 
420 DHS registered beds in the United States for survivors. Um, 17,000 kids a month go missing and there's 420 beds nationwide to put them back together again. And for those that are unclear, we're building Caleb House 1 now. And when I'm done with one, I'll build two and then five and then 27 and 893 until we don't need to build these things anymore until this problem has been solved and where I take my last breath. And my hope is that whenever I take my last breath, if this problem hasn't been solved by then, that what we have been doing is impactful enough that others will continue in my stead. And so this is a lifelong mission to rescue and restore the least of these and to raise them up in the way that they should go so they do not depart from it when they are older and to forsake not the widow and the orphan. So that's what we're doing with Caleb House. We are 100% privately funded because I will not take a dime from the government because I don't want the government telling me how to do my job when my job is doing something that they should have already handled. For context, the DHS regulations on a care facility is 5,000 pages long. That is a case of printer paper. 5,000 pages long of regulations on how we should do the job that they have failed to do. As a result, and for many other reasons as well, we have attorneys on staff, we have paralegals, we have all this stuff. All that costs money because a workman is worth their hire. And so we can't do that without you. And if you're interested in supporting what we do, you can go to Caleb with a K, calebhouse.org, and help us do what we do. If you want to come out to a live event, you can go to refugeruckus.com and Help us do what we do. Come throw in a rucksack. Let's go for a ruck through downtown Fort Smith, Arkansas, and raise funds and awareness for Caleb House. That's what we do. And very few other people are doing it. And unfortunately, the anti-human trafficking industry, it's become an industry, anti-human trafficking. And 90% of all funds generated are spent on awareness. And awareness is good, but awareness is... Um, it's proactive. Let's solve the problem before it starts. And I understand that. That's great. We still need some reactive capability. We still have to fix the problems that already exist. And so we do that two ways. One is operationally in the field, making sure the bad stuff happens to bad people. The other is restoration, putting good people back together again so that they don't become bad people and continue to perpetuate these generational curses. So that's Caleb House in a nutshell for those that haven't been tracking. Then maybe you've heard me say that word over and over again and you just checked out. That's what we do. And that's my primary mission in life. It's not to create YouTube videos. It's not even to run companies. It's like my, my circle of responsibilities is my relationship with the father, then my relationship with my wife, then my relationship with my kids, and then some of my besties and all of my besties do Caleb stuff with me. It's just as simple as that. And then everything else, y'all. And then everything else. So, and it's odd because I never expected to be in this position, but the father tapped me on the shoulder and said, I require this of you. Tracking. So, because he requires this of me, this is something that I have to do, whether I want to or not. And most days I want to. Some days I do not want to. Some days this absolutely sucks. 
but I don't get to tell him no. I should be dead right now, and I'm not because of his grace and mercy. So who am I to tell him no? Talk about like a kid throwing a temper tantrum. I don't want to, Dad. It's like you have everything you need and most of what you want, and you're going to tell me no? That's retarded. So, CalebHouse.org. Last but certainly not least, if you don't have a Bible and you need a Bible, GrindstoneMinistries.com. Links for all this stuff is in the description. Shoot us an email. Hit the contact us page, GrindstoneMinistries.com. I don't need to know why you can't afford a Bible. I do need to know where to send it. Please don't email us and say, I need a Bible, and that's it. I need an address. Otherwise, I can't send you one. Okay? So, admin at grindstoneministries.com, or just go to Grindstone Ministries, hit the contact us button. We'll get you a Bible. If you'd like to buy one, you can buy one at our cost there. We don't mark them up. Um, but if you can't afford one, that's that's where you go. There are some of y'all out there, which is amazing. Like, uh we know that a case of Bibles is 38 pounds because there's some of y'all out there that every time you, you come to the site, you get a case of Bibles that you can give them out to other people. Good job. That's awesome. That's the way it's supposed to be. So um, that's what I got. That's the value exchange. And uh, now we can pray. We can talk to the Father because why wouldn't we? Good morning, Father. Yeah. Father, thank you for the snow and the sun and for allowing us to wake up again today. Thank you for entrusting us to be your hands and feet and to steward our little corner of the world that you've given unto us for stewardship, to rule and subdue. Father, please continue to teach us how to walk in your ways to the best of our ability. Everybody who's out there right now going through something, I pray that you just minister to them and you do it in a way that's absolutely undeniable to build a witness and testimony and to build their faith and, and do it in such a way, Father, that is, it couldn't be anything but you. Please just make it undeniable. We know that you're sovereign over all things and that the fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. And so we come together in agreement, Father, and just ask that your will would be done today and that you would make us strong enough to accept your will, whatever it might be, that you would put us where you need us to be, to be your hands and feet, that you'd put your words into our mouth to be a light unto the nations, that you'd continue to walk with us and teach us and just thank you and praise you for loving us, even in our brokenness, and that you call us to walk like Messiah walked and to be a to be a 10 out of 10, but you love us at a 1 out of 10, and that is humbling and amazing, and for that we are deeply appreciative. Father, pour out your spirit on all flesh today. Please just give us wisdom and discernment to know what to value, know what to focus on, know how to tune our antenna what to participate in, what to not participate in, Father. Please give us strength and power and authority in the name of Yeshua to do your works and to be a light. And Father, put a hedge of protection around these people that you would meet their every need and give them this day their daily bread. 
and that no weapon formed against us would prosper. Father, if anything comes against us that's not of you, we just simply rebuke it in the name of Yeshua HaMashiach and command it to flee. It's not welcome here. Father, thank you for all this. Thank you for all of the blessings that sometimes feel like burdens. I pray that you just make us strong enough and smart enough and wise enough to steward them in a way that brings glory to you. I lift all these people up and set them at your feet and ask you today to just please protect them, provide for them, and bless them. I ask these things in Yeshua's name. Amen. That is the brief part two for today. I hope you boys and gerbils have a wonderful day. And I will see you when I see you. Shalom.